G'day, it's James Baldwin here welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1, a passionate community of F1 fans based in Melbourne. We bloody love Daniel Ricciardo, we bloody love Formula One and we bloody love that you have joined us. For this, our recap of the Azerbaijan Baku Grand Prix. F1, I am joined in a lovely little studio here by my friend and yours, Thomas J. Camp. Campy, a very good afternoon to you, my friend. Good afternoon. How are you? I am... Look, I'm not too bad. I'm a little bit angry with someone that we can talk about a little bit later on, but it is not the next person who is in the studio as was last week, now a permanent fixture to Oz F1. Tommy T. Tommy T. Welcome to you. G'day, boys. It's very exciting to have you both here as indeed we talk about uh, Baku. What, uh, what an incredible race, what an incredible, uh, well, comparison to China, really. We went from one of the most boring races that I have ever seen to one of the more interesting, many overtaking places or tracks that we could possibly do on the calendar. So that was really great. Uh, but what I want to do is a quick recap, a, a little five-minute recap of the entire race. Uh, Woe to go, all that sort of stuff. Campy, let's start with you, your Azerbaijan recap. Off the start, Hamilton said afterwards that he went a bit, what was the word he used? He said friendly. Friendly into turn one, which I didn't think was really the case. I think Bodas, the the start from the start straight to the first corner, in my opinion, wasn't long enough. No. It would be great if we could start that, (laughs) have the starting line maybe... Kilometre back <laughs> and a big run down into turn one and we can see some chaos. But other than that, the Mercs never really looked like they were under pressure from anybody um, other than Vettel at one stage, but they never, the Ferraris never really had the pace to, to challenge or even overtake, in my opinion. Um, Danny Rick off to a great start, obviously, but got jumped really quickly by Leclerc and I think it was Carlos Sainz he overtook as well, so... Yeah, other than that, I'm trying to... That was sort of the highlights from the start. Mm. And Tommy, what about your highlights? I mean, it was probably Leclerc leading for quite a while. Um, Obviously running on some fresher rubber than everyone else. Being able to last a lot longer. But then I think Ferrari really stuffed up and left him out far too long. And then pretty much fed him to the wolves. So Vettel could pretty much have a a tail gunner, um, making sure that he was held safe there. I thought the same thing. Why are you leaving him out so long? Why don't we get him on the soft? But Ferrari looked like they knew that the soft wasn't going to last or mm. they couldn't turn on the way they wanted to there at was, the end of the race. I think that's why they I think they held him back for so long, but I'm not sure. There was a point sure. where I think Leclerc was sitting, if he pitted and took an average pit time of about 20 seconds, he would have come out two seconds after uh, Lewis Hamilton. So come back in third place behind Bottas, 
Hamilton and then him um, and then probably could have competed and stayed in that zone but they kind of kept him out there another 10 to 15 laps longer trying to squeeze everything out of those mediums instead of maybe trying to keep him competitive. And did they use him as a rear gunner to protect the seat yeah. from Verstappen? Questions. Questions. In terms of something to be very angry about, <laughs> if I read one more joke online about putting a reversing camera on a Renault, I think I'm going to bloody die. Exceptionally disappointing by Danny and I feel sorry for Kvyat because I think he was having an incredibly good race ruined by uh, someone who should bloody know better than what he did. So my big thing was that I was really angry with Daniel and he's really angry with himself and so we'll probably let it go. But realistically, I'm stoked for Bodass. It's a huge redemption from last year where he, where he blew that tyre yeah. yeah. um, and just didn't finish the race compared to, to that. I'm really glad that Hamilton was a little bit friendly on the start. Also very glad that there is now one point in the drivers championship and that's down to the fastest lap too. Isn't that the mm. best in I'm, Melbourne? I'm incredibly happy with the addition of that rule. Well, for if Lewis Hamilton happened to hang on to that fastest lap, he would have tied. Yep. <laughs> that could be the difference at the end of the year. Yep. And geez, what will we be talking about then? Yeah, absolutely. And um, look, sort of, I guess some sort of nice positive feelings for the clerk to get that fastest lap point. In Baku. So, well, you'd hope so. You're <laughs> with three laps to go. Well, yeah. there is that. So let's talk about the teams. Uh, we can talk about some some things that, that sort of went on in the race. wasn't over the top in terms of safety cars, which is a huge plus. Oh, that virtual safety car ran way too long, was way too interfering and actually cost Max a fair bit of time. Because it hit him right when he was about to hit the straight. So he, him slowing 40% of his speed is actually far more dramatic than someone about to come into a tighter, tighter turn. So he lost, I reckon, 12 to 15 at least seconds. And he, was, he wasn't close, but by the end of the race, he probably would have been closer to um, Vettel. Yeah, he, was, he had his tyres on, on the money. Mm-hmm. And he was tracking down Seb with about half a second every lap, getting mm-hmm. closer and... That virtual safety car was not even... It was not necessary. It was useless. Well, I get the safety aspects, but we're on a straight circuit. I think having some balloons bloody floating around is far more dangerous than a car that's well and truly off the track. No, no, no. That was Daniel Ricciardo after oh, he crashed out. My bad. That was his spirit, his spirit animal was, was four balloons. It was ridiculous. Anyway, this... Look, it all happens, doesn't it, really? So, I guess... The big thing for me was was the fact that Checo was up the front right to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this is obviously uh, something, well, a track rather, that really suits him mentally. And I think we see this often with drivers who are in a pretty decent car and the racing point is in a pretty decent spot this, this yeah. year. They've got a good engine in the back of it. Correct. And that also helps. But... Seeing him towards the front was really exciting, but more importantly for me, I'm stoked for McLaren. Yep. I'm stoked that Sainz finished a race. I'm stoked that uh, that Lando managed to get some points as well. Realistically, I think they're doing incredible things. Let's talk about the teams, shall we? And yep. we'll start at the bottom mm. and work our way to the top. All right. So let's start with – I don't even need to look at the screen to know who's <laughs> at the bottom. Oh, that's mean. Let's start with my friend and yours, Frank Williams. Campy. Give up. Save your money, go home, <laughs> get a better car and come yeah. back next year. I, what's the point in racing? 
I feel like they had a pretty rough weekend in general. So in practice, we had a manhole cover. Then taking the car off the track, the crane hits the bloody um, <laughs> overhead barrier. Yes, um, Leaking fluid everywhere, cancelling practice completely. Yep. And then we have a crash in qualifying. Um, yeah. Not ideal start <laughs> for the boys. You could say. Just um, when they got there manufacturing up to a point where they started to have some spare parts uh, to come to a weekend and get a whole new chassis after 10 minutes in p1 through nothing of their own doing either Mm. yeah that was a bit of a shame but yeah i still remain give up what's the point in even racing yeah well i think once you enter you kind of have to don't you really and rocket need to get they're not going to get any money off the f1 this year because they're not going to score any points anyway It's they tough. will still get some money from the competition for being in so long. I think it's like a, it's like a heritage, like a, yeah, heritage right. team to get some money. But it seems as like they're scoring points, they're not even close. <laughs> the only way they're scoring points is if at least ten people disqualify and don't finish a race, and they happen to just outlast everyone. That seems to be the tactic: is keep them driving, and then they'll get a seventeenth and a sixteenth, maybe. Yep. Should we talk about the performance of, of Robert and the performance of George? I think George is really a great driver stuck in a horrible car. Mm-hmm. I think Robert is a good driver now coming from an excellent driver when he was back in in the early thousands stuck in a horrible car. I really felt for Williams when they ran over the drain cover. And to be honest, there's a part of me that really wants to see, you know, Baku basically give the money across for them failing to weld down the drain cover, 100%. which is they did for everybody, uh, they, for every other drain. They will. Yeah, surely. Right. So that that's good. I, look, my big thing now is looking at someone like George because we've had this conversation. Russell, look, Kibitz is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But Russell is. So where is Russell going? Where is Ocon going? Where is Bottas going? Where is Hamilton going? The answer is too. Like I know he's not with Mercedes anymore, correct. but he was in the same predicament last season and this season before, and so deserves the drive in Formula One, in my opinion. He does. Well, there were plenty of people, even Ericsson at the moment, in my mind, um, mm. who didn't cause Grosjean to crash this time, which was nice of him. <laughs> um, in fact, there was a bit of banter on Twitter about that anyway. Well, so been, whole, he's been crashing in Indy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so look. <laughs> Interesting to see what happens with George. Um, obviously, Toto's got his eyes on him big time in, in what's what's going on. He's only young, obviously. Uh, Hamilton and Bottas can't stay around forever, which is the whole thing. I don't think Robert will be here at the end of the season at the moment. Oof. Do you think Nicholas Latifi will come up from Well, that, that was the talk in the F2 race. And it look, I think you give Robert to the midpoint of the season. Nine races, I think it is, before the halfway break. And if he's been out-qualified by <coughs> George Russell every race mm. and he's not performing on race day, which we've seen in the last four, I think yep. cut your losses and move on. It's a shame. I do like Robert and he drove like a god before his big accident in F1. And he was genuinely in that top, you know, top three or four drivers for a long time. For whatever reason, I just think he's been out of it for too long and mm. he's just not not gelling with the car. So I think we could see a change. 
maybe there'll be a change with Williams and Red Bull Honda. So let's talk about Toro Rosso Honda. Um, Alex Albon, good weekend. Incredible, incredible race last weekend. Didn't really finish anywhere close to the top this time though, did he? Nope. But, but a good drive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call that little the little Armco bit just on turn one, the Albon sticky outy bit because the amount of times that he almost or did indeed on the first lap find his rear right tyre brushing against the Fly Emirates bloody logo. don't know if he's working for Eddie Head or someone I'm <laughs> trying to remove that sort, I don't know. But um, an incredible performance by him but even more so by Kvyat. Oh, yeah, he's he's making some waves that might make some people start to think maybe he deserves a promotion back to the big team. Not yet. Way too early. Ooh. Way too early. Had a great qualifying. Great qualifying. He's the way he's driving that car. Both Toro Rosso's are really bloody good this year. Yeah, I think um, just on that little scratch across the Emirates sign, as we say, or the hmm. in slow mo. The horizontal force that was going through that rear mm. view, that was definitely in gearbox damage territory. I think he got pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. It looked great in slow-mo. You look good. Well, I was going to say great, but good in slow-mo. You've ruined that completely. and We've just had uh, our whiskey thief walk in, Heath Werges. This is a shout-out to you. You listen to this podcast, but now you're listening to it live. Welcome to the studio. And shut up. And also shut up. Um so, again, well, look, I think Kvyat kind of deserves a promotion, to be honest, because I think he's the way that he's driven all this season is pretty good. The way that Albon's driven all season is pretty good. Look, I mean, Toro Rosso's doing some great stuff in, in this, this season. So whether or not we see them get closer towards the front, who knows? Uh, but anyway, anything else to add on? No, I think they're, they're doing well with the same power upgrade that Red Bull have had. That Honda seems to be working really well. Did they, I didn't know they took it. Uh, from what I understood, I had a little read and I think they've also had the upgrade as well. Good, good. That's good news for Honda. Keeps it fair. Well, isn't everyone just completely ignorance is bliss as we just said before, talking about McLaren Honda? No one's, still no one's bringing up Honda Power as, oh, we're actually really surprised that this is working. Well, Red Bull or, can afford to take it engine earlier than anticipated mm. because they're quick enough that if they start from the back of the grid at a spa or something like that, or most tracks that they'll be able to get up to their mandatory fifth and sixth placings anyway. Yep. So it's, it's just interesting times, I think. Uh, let's talk then about Haas. Useless. Terrible this is, this is your favourite team, Tommy I'm T. I'm so <laughs> sick of it. They just had no race pace. They couldn't qualify, which is what they're usually good at doing. So I had no idea what was going on. Didn't hear much, didn't see much in the coverage. I have no idea what they're doing. Again, track temps were so low in qualifying that they they were just a team that really struggled to get heat in the tyres all weekend, like a lot of teams did, but it seemed to affect them on yeah, a I, much I, larger scale than everyone else. I, I don't I have no idea, maybe it's just a track thing, maybe they don't match up well at Baku, but yeah, just useless. 
you can so, remove them from your fantasy team yeah. next time around. Yeah. Probably. About bloody time. Also, as a, as a side note, if you are listening to this and you're interested in participating in the F1 Fantasy League, Oz F1 does have its own fantasy uh, league. Unfortunately, Campy's winning and it really frustrates me. And um, feel free to also not be involved, mainly for that reason. We might start an incredibly different league and not tell you about it. Mercedes <laughs> won two in the first four races. Oh, That's my manufacturer. And Bodass in there, you can't complain, can you? Well, I, I can. And I do. <laughs> and he does. About a lot of things, but mainly about that. Hey, uh, let's... Okay, so Haas not doing a lot. Um, Grosjean bumping out and, and K-Mag. Well, he, he only finished in 13th, so... Not exactly an exciting time for them, especially towards the back of the pack. It's just it's bizarre to see this season how people in one race can be so far towards the, the top six and then in the next race are so far towards the bottom three. And yeah. anyway, I think it's it's great. I mean, this mid-pack, we can't even really call it a mid-pack, can we? Because it's mainly just, just the pack, <laughs> yeah. except for Ferrari and yeah. for um, Mercedes and for Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not top three for them, poor blokes. Uh, I don't really want to talk about Renault, but let's talk about Renault. Uh, let's talk about Nico and his performance uh, over the weekend. Let's talk about yeah. good. Okay, and let's talk about <laughs> Daniel's performance over the weekend. Now, oh, he's put his hands up. Uh oh, he made Danny Rick made a mistake. I think he's in the context in the context of the race and that move he tried to make on Kvyat, I don't think it was the right time to pass him. He was going to pass him no matter where. Like, totally agree. Just wait half a lap and get him on the straight. Yep, he genuinely. Stuffed up and made a mistake under braking. But I don't want to see Danny Rick drive conservatively either. He needs to make those moves because that's what he's always done. And he even said after the race, he said, look, I started braking and all the force was there, but the brakes just gave up. The slower I got, the less downforce I had, they just locked up and there's nothing I could do. Now, he'll learn from that because he's great on the brakes. And he made a, genuinely made a mistake. As for reversing in the Kvyat, bit stupid. He's good when they're not French breaks. I just think that, yeah, exactly. Huh. I just think in the context of the whole race, he didn't need to make that move as no, quickly not as right he there. did. And he'll be gutted with himself, but, mate, I'm on him. He's still he's still in the top four drivers for me. If he's got the car to back him up, I think that's the problem. But he's now with the biggest car manufacturer in the world. Just give him some time. 2021, guys. I Look, I, I genuinely think he's probably going to stay around. Yeah, so do I. Because, A, he's on a mint bloody salary, and, B, he's got this huge manufacturer behind him ready to do some good stuff. So, and they're then, improving every year. We need to make that clear. Can I just say with that, that crash as well, two things. Uh, firstly... Um, you're right, his patience, he needs to be more patient. And look, Kvyat said that as well, but massive hats off to Kvyat. He was a total gentleman in the press conference afterwards about it. He was like, look, I really respect Daniel. Um, he needs to be more patient. He, you know, it was a two-kilometer straight coming up, which he could have, like he would have passed me on. But ultimately what happened, you know, him reversing into me, you know, he just didn't check. And even Ricardo said, well, you know, I got into the thing and I, I froze. And of course, when you get into that period, you don't want to lose any time because yeah. you've got cars coming behind you. So... He just chucked it into reverse and went backwards. I mean, let's be fair. The the mirrors on the side of those cars are like the size of peas. You can barely mm. see much in behind you. And especially if you're freaking out, you're not really thinking about it, you're just going to go bloody backwards. Because you know that there's a massive gap between yeah. everyone else. And to be fair to him, you would have thought, okay, well, I went forward. Surely Kvyat would have stepped on the brakes a little bit, just backed off and gone around the corner without me. Mm. And... Yeah, I think you're right. Kvyat was a gentleman about 
the room you gave Ricardo making that move to. Oh, totally. Well, he which knew was, that it was happening. Which has not typically been his forte. <laughs> I think he's learned his lesson. <laughs> Let's talk about Alfa Romeo. Let's talk about um, Kimi. Can I just say before we move on, please? No. No. <laughs> Go on then. Ricardo dominated Hulkenberg all weekend. Oh, totally. Qualifying yep. and race pace. The team will know that and it's it's a positive we can take out of the weekend. Yep. He's only ever going to score one or two points maximum anyway, so mm-hmm. it's not a... You and I were saying, though, when, when he got to to that bit of the race that he was chasing down the McLarens. If, if given the opportunity to pass Kvyat successfully, and I think a big reason why he wanted to get past Kvyat so quickly was because he was aware of how much time he and was he losing. And he did have the pace to catch the McLarens yep. on the... On the lap times, we'd seen yep. they were falling off, but I'm still shocked how much McLaren were able to pull away from, particularly Ricardo, in that first phase on the soft tire. They had some Renault had some massive problems with that soft in the opening stint of the race, and they pulled out about an 18 second lead on Ricardo at one at one stage, and it just I know Ricardo got held up by a bit by Stroll mm. um, at the start, but. Yeah, the Renault's really struggled on that soft tyre all weekend, so. It didn't help that the temperature of the track just dropped right off towards the end as well. Yeah, I think it was across the board, but mm. Renault seemed to struggle with it more than anyone else. I mean, Hulkenberg's good over one lap, we know that, and the fact that he couldn't do anything mm. was interesting too, but Am they'll, I allowed, ba- they'll I, bounce back. Now am I allowed to talk about Raikkonen now? Jeez, I just want to get it out for the fans. You love Kimmy too. They're you interested doing? in our opinions, Baldwin. Jeez, you are. You are. Stop shaking your Heath head, Heath Burgess. So, <laughs> let's let's talk about Kimmy. I think he did an incredible race. He's starting from the pits. He's got some. He had some. What was the issue? Wing deflection. It was more than five mil under. Yeah. What was it? Sixty kilograms of load. Something. Yeah. Anyway. He he did an Albon. He started from he started from the, uh, the pit lane and and did some great stuff. Um, not nothing really too big to report out of it though. Yeah, that was a shame. And Giovinazzi got a penalty too, but they, he qualified really well, which was a good sign. Maybe Mick, Mick won't take his seat. Ooh. Mick's taking the seat, mate. Giovinazzi's going. No one cares about him. I'm sorry, but he's just not a name, is he? He just, just doesn't have... I didn't realise Giovinazzi filled in for Sauber a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about that last week well, with China. Yeah, well, where, where Albon had his off in the last corner and went to the right side, Giovinazzi did the same thing but went to the left side, back when Sauber were in blue and open cockpits. There you go. That shows how much I listened to. Yeah. Didn't even know <laughs> what you were talking about. I will go right ahead and take it personally <laughs> as... Get offended like the rest of the world. Always correct. Okay, so Alfa Romeo not doing... A whole bunch, but um, look, Kimi finishing 10th and Giovinazzi finishing 12th, which is good for them. Uh, racing point now, we spoke a little bit earlier about Checo. Checo finishing 6th, a really solid finish for him, yeah. and Lance finishing ninth. It's the first time, I believe, that they've both finished in the in points. The mm-hmm. um, Lance had a good weekend. Yeah. He did. He didn't qualify very well. No. But I think he got held up in that Q1 under the red flag, I think that was mm. what it was for. But he's down finishing the points, two races out of four. Yep. Can't fault him, Look, I don't think. New team, new car. As you say, though, he's going to be around. Dad's team, dad's car. Dad's car, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the insurance is like on that. 
uh, he's going to be around for a while. There's not a lot we can do about it. And he's performing to the point where he should be. Um, Checo doing some good stuff as well, as I said, you know, really great qualifying by him. Really yeah, great. Absolutely. Um, and he had really good racing. He had really good pace in China too. He yeah. was a second and a half behind Ricardo for the whole race. Uh, so great news for Racing Point, and I think they're going to look really good going into the next few races. I'm interested to see what they can pull off in Monaco, to be perfectly honest. Uh, anyway, that's just a side thought. Let's talk about uh, McLaren. McLaren, as I said earlier, doing great things, seventh and eighth uh, for Carlos and All right, Lando. talk about Lando. Hurry up. Oh, he's just so good. Like, I'm just <laughs> sorry. You think of the three rookies that have come in this season, and Ooh, well, he's not really a rookie, rookie Giovinazzi, but you've got... This guy is, is qualified. Well, a, he qualified his highest ever, which was fantastic. And he's holding his own in amongst these really significant drivers. If I'm looking at the grid right here, in front of him, he's got Checo. Behind him, he's got Lance and Kimi and Albon, Giovinazzi, um, K-Mag, Hulkenberg, Russell Kubica. There's, it's not like he's just having an easy time in the middle of the pack. He's driving really well. His defensive driving is really good. The way that he judges... His moments is typical of a Ricky in the fact Ricky is a rookie rather that doesn't take too many mistakes, uh, too many opportunities that will see him go into a wall, but enough that builds his confidence in this car that by the end of this season and indeed the beginning of next season, because I don't think McLaren's going to change the lineup for the next couple no. of years. I think they've they've really sort of yep. like you know they've cemented themselves into unless <laughs> Alonso comes back for twenty twenty one. Hi Guzman, but Surely no, not. no, you're not. Goodbye. Sorry, you had your chance, and no. hopefully he wins. Get him the... back. <sighs> Can you stop being wrong? So, <laughs> so I, I look. I'm really stoked for them. I'm really happy that for a change. You know, the, the team in Woking is doing an incredible job. Yeah. Um, and they're being rewarded for it. We'll see what happens with Indy. I know he's had some technical issues with the car. In one of the um, the practice sessions, but um, that's was, not too far that was away. Just is it? A shakedown, though, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, but sorry, we'll shake down. Not practice, but practice, yeah. he's he's practicing by driving the car. Is what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Campy. Uh, <laughs> gotta be right. There's no tension here. We're just seriously. We're a very precise podcast. What did, what did you say before about breathing and Max Verstappen? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speaking of breathing and Max Verstappen, let's talk about your whipping boy, shall we? Gasly. Mm. I can't fault him this weekend. Yep, I agree. Other than, other than the grid penalty he got for... The way station. The, I, I put that down to a genuine wasn't looking mistake. Yeah, totally agree. And I put that back to the team for should have done something to give him Get the right, awareness. Yeah. And the penalty. What a... Oh, what the hell is that about? Jeez. Is Bernie still running the show then? <laughs> he must Steep. be. Um, the fuel flow issue, Red Bull have form on that. Danny Rick cost a podium for that one mm-hmm. in Melbourne a few years ago. Yes. Um, but I think he look, he drove pretty well on the weekend. I can't really fault him for anything he did. Um, he Apart was from quick. Not well, was that his fault? Oh, yeah. I can't. Because campy. I can't fault him this weekend. He it's may have call. he may have turned a leaf and he may have found the package or the what he needed out of that car, which will be good for racing. But I'm still not on him, definitely not. But credit where credit is due. I'm not on him, <laughs> but I'm not also off him. <laughs> Heavy breathing intensifies. Max Verstappen, your love, Campy. Not my love. Just, well, that's what you're saying you before. Like him? So now you're saying you don't like Max Verstappen. We're going to tell him. 
I just want to say Max, because the guy's quick. The kid's going to be world champion at one stage. Oh, totally. And he's been in F1 for four years now, maybe. Is this his fourth or fifth year? I think it's his fourth. He's got the experience to upset the front runners, and that's what I want to see. I don't want to see Mercedes 1-2 every race. I would like to see Ferrari show a bit more up front and pressure Mercedes. Mm -hmm. But Verstappen, he's... As we said before, before that virtual safety car, he was pressuring Vettel for a genuine yep. podium. That would have been his second podium. If it went his way, if that virtual safety car didn't come out, he could. and what happened to uh, Leclerc, he could have had three three third places in the first four races. He's yep. genuinely up there to just, you know, to wreck. Do you think he has the car to do it? Certain tracks he does that second half of the season, mate. They're going to be strong. Monaco, yeah, that's he'll win Monaco, he'll win Brazil, Hungaro ring. They'll be bloody good this year because they're not yeah. that far off them in race pace. No. Qualifying is still a bit off, but I think Max will still win three or four races this year. Probably more likely three, mm -hmm. couple of pole positions, and I just want to. I just don't really want to see Mercedes one two every week. No, exactly. But in saying that, I don't want to see Ferrari win at all because I'd love... Go on, then. I'd love them to sack Vettel and down. Leclerc for 2021. So for Danny Rick and Mick Schumacher are in that seat. That would be great. You, honestly, now, if you're a team principal and you're listening to this podcast, because of course you are, this is the podium of knowledge, the fountain of excellence. <laughs> The place to be for knowledge for Formula One. This guy sounds like a politician. Thomas J. Camp. Campy, mate. Is no one calls me that. No, no. Thomas J. The Camp. Fourth. Hang on. Thomas J. Camp Enterprises Proprietary Limited. <laughs> is Which is a your, thing. Is at your beck and call for any of your how to run a Formula One team needs. Just need to say that. Uh, visit thomasjcamp.com.au. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a thing. If it is, good luck to that person. Right uh, well, let's talk about the team that you hate the most, uh, Ferrari. God, you're so rude. Um, Marinello's jumping up and down listening to this. Um, why don't you like Ferrari? I like Ferrari. That's not what you just said. I... are <laughs> <laughs> ganging up on you today. This is really good. No, I, like I, I just... I really want to see Ricardo in that seat. Yeah. So everything that happens to them in between now and when Ricardo's in that seat is excellent. And but get being serious, what is wrong at Ferrari though? Well something has to be definitely wrong. Four races in a row. Mm -hmm. They've been outclassed by Mercedes. Yep. I think it's race strategy on Sundays. They just can't figure it out. I think that's a really good point. And we always look at practice and say, oh, geez, Ferrari are looking good, aren't they? Especially P3. We're like, oh, no, Vettel's going to win this time. I bloody did it this time. Oh, look at the pace. Vettel's going to do it next minute. Bloody Mercedes pulling out of the bag. I'm, Ferrari is my team at the moment on fantasy, not for next round or the round after or the round <laughs> after or for next year or for 10 years because, honestly, they just – and even Seb said this a couple of – you know, said it about Max last uh, fortnight at China. It's interesting how people race on Fridays and Saturdays, not on Sundays. It's like people aren't doing that. Well, yeah, mate, that's your team is not literally coming to the bloody party on the Sunday. Yeah. So I think it's disappointing. But I'm excited for Charles. I think he's a, I think he's a super talented guy. He's had some issues. He put it into the wall for for, uh, for quality, and it's a shame. Well, on the uh, on that F1 podcast that. 
what's it called? Beyond the Grid. Beyond the Grid. We don't talk about other podcasts here, come on. The second best Formula One podcast (laughs) actually done by Formula One. But they had, what's his name on there? Uh, Checo. Montezemelo. Yep. Ferrari guy. Mm -hmm. And the the title of Ferrari's Passion, Ferrari's Emotion. That's crap, mate. You're a race team. Get it together. Again, thomasjcamp.com.au. No, it's how it is. It's, it doesn't it's win races, does it? It's an Italian thing too. They want the whole experience and when it works for them, it works. But when it's not, get out of that zone. Mm. You're a race team. Sort it out. You've got a good car. Why are you failing? Management issues again, probably. And look, we spoke a little bit about this last time in terms of how supported they are and all that sort of other stuff. But look, on race pace, they're not doing it. You know who is doing it though? Bloody Bottas is, he is possessed. And I said this in a message to you both on the first lap, Bottas equals possessed Mm because he was driving like he was driving when I was standing at Melbourne at the track watching him coming out of 9 and 10 like a guy possessed again. He was doing it and as soon as I saw him, I was like, he's he's going to bloody win this race because Mm -hmm. he is so committed to beating Hamilton this year. Yeah, I'm not going to criticise the guy until he has five bad races in a row. Which I can't mind? see happening. I think after the second round, we're like, oh, this is this is the wrap on Bottas throughout his career. No, I refuse to say it. He's driving incredibly well. Yep. It's been out-qualified by... Oh, no, it's at 2-2 two, two at the moment, isn't it? So it's even... Yep. And not by much, by tenths. Like, really close. But that's what you've got to do to beat Hamilton. Yep. Look at Rosberg when he, mm-hmm. when he beat him. But you pointed this out before, Campy, that Mercedes are being very quiet about it on Fridays and Saturdays. Keeping to themselves and not saying a lot, being oh, very humble. And playing the game too. Oh, yep. there's a big gap between Ferrari. We're not going to make it up. I think they are that well groomed as a team that they know how their car is going to perform in certain, in whatever weather conditions, mm-hmm. whatever track conditions. They know they've got a quick car. They're not putting it all on the line. On Friday, they'll put it on the line in Q3, Q2 on a Saturday. And yep. it's proved for them well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's the this. best start they've had to the year in the turbo hybrid history. Mm-hmm. Four one twos to start up. If um, Lewis got a better run at his qualifying, do you think he yeah. would have got pole and he would have won? Yeah. They were under time constraints. Yeah. Lewis was behind Bottas and he couldn't warm the tyres up properly. Hence why his first sector was yellow, which yeah. means it wasn't his personal best. Yeah. But the next two, he came back from four tenths down to... To only fail by a tenth, which was... It's huge. I think if Mercedes had got that right, I think Hamilton's on pole and he goes on to win. Yeah, there was a bit of confusion that's, there. that's what ifs. Well, they were trying to... They tried a, a test start or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah, they had the track position. That's right. They set it up and it just didn't work for them. Like, yeah. very ballsy move trying to get that through right at the end of qualifying. Yeah. End of the day, light going down. Yeah. Track temp going down, but... Yeah, I think if, if Lewis maybe had a got pole, it might be a different race. I think so. Yeah, so it's that close between them. And Lewis was bloody quick in, on those last two sectors when mm. he pulled back. I, th- I think we're underestimating how quick he actually could have gone mm. on Saturday. And there's also now, really, he he has a real competitor. This is going back to yep. Nico-style competition. Let's see how his attitude develops over the season absolutely and look it's mercedes are only going to get stronger and stronger and again it comes back to wonderful leadership by toto 
really great mm-hmm. drivers, a great pit wall. Everything that they're doing, they're doing really well. I mean, it's classic German efficiency, of course they are. And that realistically, they deserve it. They deserve all of this victory. So, gentlemen, final words about Baku. Tommy? Cool. Um, I'm excited to see McLaren. I think they're looking good and Racing Point. They're probably the two I'm going to watch. Haas, I'm off them completely. They can go away. Useless. As Getting a, dropped from fantasy. As opposed to on them? Yep, I was on them. <laughs> <laughs> I was all over them. Um, but no, no longer. At least you've stepped off. Yeah. Can't be kind of if he's on or off, Max. No, I'm very big on signs. I think this is the first race we actually got to see him properly have a good go without any hindrance or anything. First three races, he's had something go wrong. Out of his control, some in con- his control, but this is the first time we've actually seen him compete, and he looked good. I'd like to see him c- climb up. I reckon he's probably he could easily sit kind of fifth, sixth in the drivers. I reckon. Campy, very disappointed for Ricardo, but he will bounce back to next race. You can't say there. that every week. No, no, no. <laughs> you're gonna. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm still waiting for Kvyat to take the whole field out, which we almost had this weekend. <laughs> we could. We had the possibility, but no, Ricardo will bounce back. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Verstappen get on the podium in Barcelona, sector three. That's what we got coming up next, right? Barcelona mm-hmm. certainly is sector three. Though that Red Bull will be mightily strong coming onto that front straight. Seeing get some moves done, we'll go from there. Well, an incredible race for Mercedes again. Not so exciting for Ferrari, but uh, even more disappointing for Daniel Ricciardo. Gents, it's been wonderful to recap Baku with you. And indeed, if you're listening, we really appreciate your time. Please subscribe, uh, rate us five stars if you want. Uh, If you don't want, don't rate us at all. That's totally fine. If you don't want, still five. Still five is great. Thanks very much, Tommy. Uh, We will uh, definitely be checking our Instagram and Twitter. So please follow us at OzF1 on Instagram and at OzF1 official on Twitter. Uh, If you'd like a shout out, please let us know. Any questions, comments, we welcome them all the time it's been a pleasure gentlemen thank you and uh, I'll say it again will we see Daniel Ricciardo on podium position for Barcelona Spain guys thank you and we will see you at Barcelona